Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. I am pumped for this episode. So, little backstory. My friend Shelby Betancourt has a podcast called The Happy Healthy Hairstylist. I've mentioned it on this podcast before because her and I are very big on collaboration um, and we like to share. So, today's episode is actually an episode from her podcast. (laughs) I know, kind of confusing. So you're going to also hear her intro um, when this starts. So if you're like, wait, what the hell's going on? If you are not subscribed to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist and you like my podcast, then you need to do it now. Shelby interviews um, not just people in the hair industry, but also people um, in the fitness industry and the nutrition industry because her mission is to have hairstylists live a happier, healthier life wealthier life, um, which aligns perfectly with uh, what I am going for as well. So here's the deal. These episodes um, we do once a month, and it is me, Shelby, and in this particular episode, um, Jess Taylor, who we are all very different, very different but all very similar in the fact that we have a um, large growth mindset. Um, We like to do, we like to create, um, and we like to create a life uh, that makes us happy and brings us peace. And we really enjoy these conversations. We've done about six of them now, and I will be sprinkling um, these episodes throughout the next couple months because I would like for my audience to hear them as well. And we talk about all kinds of things. Um, In this particular episode, we're diving into hustle or flow. Um, And again, it's a really awesome conversation because we all come from very different places. Um, And uh, I think that you will enjoy it. So please enjoy. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Follow me on Instagram, follow Shelby Betancourt, follow the Happy Healthy Hairstylist, follow Jess Taylor. Um, I believe it's Hair by Jess Taylor. Um, 
and just enjoy enjoy this episode enjoy these conversations um because again at the end of the day the whole reason i started this podcast in the first place is because i just wanted you to get a little inside view um, of the conversations that i have on a daily basis and these are exactly that so shelby thank you again for sharing this episode um with my audience and uh to my audience go and uh give shelby some love okay enjoy Welcome to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Podcast. This is the podcast for the stylist who wants to work their magic behind the chair and make more money, all without sacrificing their health both mentally and physically. I'm your host, Shelby Bancourt. Hello, hello. So I'm so excited because I'm here with my two friends, Jess and Misty. And this is going to be a group podcast. And this is going to be a series that we're going to have. And I am so excited for these ladies to be talking because we are so diverse, yet all on the same page. So let's start by having Misty introduce herself. She was on a previous episode, I believe it was episode four. Um, She is a money coach. So Misty, if you can you know, introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Um, my name is Misty Jane. I am a money coach for hairstylists. Basically, I help hairstylists um, simplify managing their money, getting their financial shit together. I'm also a podcast host, um, Backroom Beauty Talks, the podcast, and I love to promote good conversation, um, which is why I'm really excited to chat with you guys today. Yay! Um, And we have Jess. So Jess, can you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jessica Taylor. I am a salon owner, an independent educator. I also own my own brand of extensions, Blue Babe Extensions. And I am currently doing some coaching. So you can find me here or on my Instagram page, Hair by Jess Taylor. Yay! So the theme that all of us women have in common is that we're all part of the high power academy meaning we are all coachable badass hairstylists Mm -hmm. (laughs) um we are that's how we met we met in tulum on this like amazing retreat we went on and we have like so much in common and we're all you know juggling multiple hats and i feel like all of our personalities together are gonna you know, provide a lot of knowledge for you and like different like ways that you can understand how we each run our businesses. Um, And the theme of today is like how to find flow within the hustle. And I feel like it's a really important subject because it's something that I'm struggling with the most right now in my business is how to have grace while still having success. So um, I don't know who wants to kick it off and who wants to start talking about this, but you guys have the mic. I love this conversation, first of all, just because um, I'm not sure where I stand. I think I'm more of a non-hustler than a hustler, but like I get shit done. Right. And like, so I always like try and think, especially like we've been doing a lot of work with the masculine and feminine. Like I'm always like, am I more of the feminine? Like, because I always kind of honor how I feel, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's an interesting, um, like concept, right. Of like wanting to get shit done, but not wanting to burn out. 
you know, and like trying to figure out like, so for me as um, a coach, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, like, and I'm also somebody who really needs downtime. Like I'm an only child. I like to be alone. Like I like to just have a day where I'm in my pajamas and don't do a damn thing, but like not finding guilt in that. Right. Like, and especially when you're starting a business or when you have a business or multiple businesses is there can be a lot of guilt in, in the downtime. And I, I wonder, and I want to ask you guys, like, do you think that that's society's fault? Like, is like what we're seeing on the outside, like making us feel guilty for like just oh, wanting to chill? Or is it like the pressure that we're putting on ourselves, you know? Yeah, I think a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's like what we see on Instagram, what we see on social media, you know, the, the pressure to like be the best, like the, the, the loss, like um viewpoint of our like culture as a whole you know like we all operate from a sense of loss like every single day like like uh you know Brene Brown says in her thing it's you know we wake up and we say oh my god I'm still so tired and then we go to bed and we're like I didn't get enough done today you know like we're always operating on the concept that like we never get enough done and we never do enough to be enough for anyone you know let alone ourselves Mm -hmm. And like also with the whole society thing, it's like even as a hairstylist, if you're not busy and like overbooked, then you're not successful. Yeah. Like clients will ask me all the time, like, oh, are you busy? I'm like, always. I'm always busy. Always, always, always. And they're like, wow, you're such a hard worker. You do all this. But this year, I feel like setting the example of like being not so busy, but still being successful. Now that's sexy. Like, right. That's something I read in a book. Um, and it said, um, when people ask me, oh, you must be so busy. And I say, actually, I'm not. And this is a, a you know, multi-million dollar coach, you know, and people look at her surprised and it's, I thought about it and I was like, oh my God, like, that's like the common response, right? Like you, you I bet you're so busy. Oh yeah. But like, what if you're not like, like when I had my most successful like um, year behind the chair, I was busy, but like I don't double book. I got to sit down. I got to eat my lunch. Like I didn't have clients calling me at midnight to get appointments. Like it was the most successful year of my career, but I was calm. And it was, and it's like, do we say that we, oh my God, we're so busy because, you know, to other people that sounds more successful? Yeah. Mm. Point. No, that's such but, a good point. Like that's if I, if you said, Missy, I bet you're so busy. And I was like, no, I'm not. You would probably automatically think like Missy's not doing shit. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> I mean, I that I, that's kind of what I would think. Right. Like, but, but really it's like, no, it's like you, you find the flow and what you're doing and you still get your shit done, but it's okay to like, not constantly be like looking around at what needs to be done next, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like, it, it is society's pressure because you, you, no one wants to feel like they're not successful. Like no one, like, you know, we all want to have a purpose here. We all want to like, feel like we're, we're doing the right thing. And sometimes like, for instance, I'm taking off like a couple of days in the next couple of weeks. And I have like one as my vacation day. And I just got back from a vacation, from a trip. And I'm like, 
uh, should I take it off or like, should I not? But the whole point of taking this time was like random vacation days that I can just enjoy. Mm-hmm. And you need a vacation from your vacation. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the amount of laundry I have, like, it's like, I don't even know I have this many clothes, but exactly. they're all over my house. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I know when I first started the coaching business, I would find myself sitting in my office doing busy work and it wasn't moving the needle. It was making me feel better that I was still sitting in my office. Like even if the work I needed to do that day only took me an hour or two, I would sit in there for three to four hours because in my mind, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, you know, like I, I need to be working the longer to be moving the needle when in actuality, the shit I was doing was stupid. Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like redoing my Calendly a million times. Like it wasn't anything that was actually bringing in money or bringing in clients. Um, And it wasn't, I think until I realized that, that it was like, like, it's okay if I work for two hours and then sit and read a fucking book so that tomorrow I can video record for four hours, you know, rather than feeling burnt out after 48 hours of of busy work that isn't even doing anything. Yeah. I'll be honest with you guys though. Like it wasn't until like very recently, well, the retreat, I guess, that it was like an aha thing for me where I finally figured out, because I didn't even know the difference between like feminine energy and male energy just to begin with, you know, like I didn't even know that was a thing. So for me, like just understanding that that's like a thing was kind of like revolutionary for me. And then once I figured out like, oh shit, that's why, because I'm like a natural feminine energy, you know? And so for me, like I, I own my own business. I go to work. I'm like in a very like, you know, okay, do, 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 do. We got to make lists. We got to get this done. We got, and like, by the end of the day, I'm drained, you know, I'm so exhausted. And I used to wonder like, why, like, I'm not really super crazy busy. It's not like it's something I don't do all the time, but like, it's just so mentally draining that I feel exhausted at the end of the day. So when like that switch flipped for me at the retreat. I, it was crazy. Cause like, I was able to come back home and understand what was going on and kind of like re redirect my energy and go in like kind of surrender to it, I guess in a way. And then, um, delegate, you know, amazing, right. Delegate. <laughs> and then, um, you know, from there, it kind of like, it shifted everything. And I, I wasn't, you know, expanding so much energy and just trying to like micromanage everyone. I was just kind of like being in my natural, like feminine state and, and things operated more smoothly, things flowed easier. And then like when I got the most amazing thing was when I got home at the end of the night, I wasn't exhausted, Mm -hmm. you know, that was like, everything you know because like by the time I got home I had a whole nother job I had to go to yeah (laughs) well it came down to honoring what you needed right yeah yeah it it, but like you don't realize that stuff when you're in it you're you're so in the thick of it and so in it that's you just don't see it so like that's why I think those retreats just are so amazing like even having a coach it's just so amazing because it can really like get you perspective that you otherwise would never have, you know? Yeah. And like, for me, it's an ongoing thing. It's everyday like battle where I'm like, okay, like, especially at work, like when you're a salon owner, um, 
Jess and I are salon owners and Misty, you're a coach. So you're like, you're a full-time mentor. Like there are times that you have to tune into your masculine. And if, for those who don't understand what a masculine feminine energy is, the best way that I understood it was masculine energy is like a, a pole. It's very like straight. It's to the point. Um, it like, it's, yeah, that. <laughs> and then feminine energy is a flag. So the flag is like in the wind, it's flapping, it's flowing, it's all those things. Um, without the pole, the flag is just on the ground. And without the flag, it's just a freaking pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, another thing that like really helps me is that masculine energy needs to work to feel good, where feminine energy needs to feel good to work. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a leadership role, um, like all of us are, all of us in some way, we are in a leadership role, like whether it's like behind the chair or like, you know, at home, like we need to make decisions. So we need to be in our masculine role, but it doesn't mean that you need to be in that role 24 seven, because when you're in any role all the time, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So when Jess says that she's a natural feminine, I'm a natural masculine energy. Like I, I feel like my, my, I was born with like fucking hustle in my brain. Like, <laughs> and like, I, I enjoy, I work to feel good, but at the same time, I need to feel good to work. So you can be both. And it's just a matter of like your balance and it's a yin and a yang. It's that like, and yin and yang is not only 50, 50. It can be like 2080, it can be 3070, all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a one size fits all. You know, I think that's like, I think when people, when like people feel the pressure from society, it's like they think they have to do this. Like they have to do what this person's doing or they have to do what that person is doing. And it's like, no, like you can figure out what works for you. And, and maybe that pushes your timeline. Like, you know, maybe you are more feminine and, and, you know, you, you need a little more rest and like things won't go as quickly. Like, but you have to be aware of that and be okay with that and just kind of decide because, you know, um, hustle gets you places faster. It does, mm -hmm. but it doesn't always keep you there as long, you know? Yes. So I think you have to just kind of decide, um, you know, what, what you want your life to look like, because I mean, the three of us are extremely different, you know, but we're all doing our shit you know, and that's okay. And like finding, you know, what you need for yourself, I think is like the biggest, the hardest part though, that's you know, that, it, it takes <laughs> trial and error, right? Like, yeah, and you, and I feel like I've, I've crashed and burned so many times, you know, and like just trying to find the balance and like figure out what the perfect like recipe is or like, you know, cause it's usually multiple things, you know, it's like a, a multitude of different things that keep you in, you know, alignment and like just figuring out what those are, or even like, what is it that like grounds you or centers you? What is it that like, you know, creates like a, a more feminine energy and you like makes you feel creative or inspired or flirty or you know like even goofy like like that stuff is important to know like you can act like a kid and that'll like help you to like re-energize those parts of yourself like playfulness is huge when it comes to that sort of stuff but like it's it's just amazing like once you start diving into yourself and and really like figuring things out and trying and testing it. And that's the other thing. It's like a lot of trial and error, you know, mm -hmm. you got to try stuff and be open 
to be able to figure out if it even works for you. Absolutely. Also, like when it comes to like the my biggest like aha moment that I just recently had was that I need to be myself. And when I figure out like what who I am and what I need to move forward, like basically like we all get the imposter syndrome where we're like, oh my God, but like, you know, I, I had I had a really hard time saying that I was a salon owner, that I was a business owner, that I was an entrepreneur and all of that. And like being in the fitness space, like being the happy, healthy hairstylist, I'm like, but I'm not a fit, like I'm not a, a personal trainer, but what am I? I'm a hairstylist who works out, who takes care of their body, like figuring out like who you are will help you tune into these energies and figure out like, hey, does this feel good for my heart? Like, is this something that like I can sustain? Am I enjoying this process? Because we can all say that we want to get shit done and we want to have a goal. But if we're always looking at that goal, then we're forgetting about the journey. Mm. And we're for, and like, this is like straight therapy for me because like, if we're constantly like, okay, like for instance, um, in my life, like I want to move my house and I want to live in this like luxurious house and I want to move and I want to be there and I just want to be there. But like, if I'm constantly thinking about that, then I start not paying attention and not enjoying the home that I'm in and not enjoying the time that I'm here and not enjoying the process that I'm doing to get to that new home. Yes. Yes. I deal with this all the time. My girlfriend's like got masculine energy. And so with her, it's like her happy ending is at the end of a to-do list, you know? And like, she's always chasing that next like to-do list and stuff like that. And I'm like, but like, I constantly have to be, like, the one to say, look, you know, like, let's enjoy, like, where we're at right now. Like, let's enjoy the process, you know, like, because everything could be, like, oh, I have to do that. Oh, I have to do this. Oh. And instead of, like, just, like, in, like, enjoying the process, you know, like, what you're saying. So, I was the to-do list person as well. I still am, actually. Like, I, like, feel like I have to, I, I like a list. I like to check things off. Um, but I recently, the past couple months have started doing a, I get to do list. And let me tell you, like, I literally write it at the top. I get to do today. Mm -hmm. And it's the same fucking list, (laughs) but it's just this, like, if I don't, like, if something happens where I don't get to it, I don't have the guilt. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that tiny little mindset shift that like, takes me from like, it's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's okay. If I don't finish all of these things, it will get done. It -hmm. just might not get done on the same timeline. And it's, it's huge. It's, you might want to tell her that. (laughs) I have another one. That's really great too, which is on the topic of gratitude lists is whenever I do like a gratitude list, I'll kind of like go back and forth between a gratitude list and like the things that I did great that day or the things that I love about myself, because I feel like we don't celebrate ourselves enough. You know what I mean? And like everyone's into gratitude lists and I hear that all the time and they're great. Don't get me wrong. But like, I feel like positive affirmations and like telling yourself you're doing great and acknowledging that, like that's super important too, you know, just quick tip. Well, it comes down to being present, mm-hmm. you know, cause what is it? Anxiety lives in the future. 
right? Um, and yeah. Depression in the past. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I'm an anxious person. So when I get real anxious, like I just have to stop and just think like, I have a smart son. I have a great husband. Like, you know what I mean? Like I have, like I'm helping people. Like I have to remind myself what's happening right now. Yeah. And I, it's, it's helpful. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. I have, I have similar issues. Like I totally can't acknowledge like where I'm at. And that's another reason why I love those lists is because like if I'm, I never sit and like appreciate the stuff that I have right now, you know, like it's really hard for me to like sit and, and it's a lot of like my own guilt and shame stuff. I'm sure fear is tied into that in some way or another, but just like saying like, Oh, you're doing a really great job. Cause like a lot of my clients will be like, you know, look at how far you've come. And I'm like, Oh shit. I haven't even really like thought about that. And and like, they're the ones reminding me and it's like, it's my journey. I should be like constantly like aware of what's going on, but it's just like losing weight or anything else. You don't really realize it. So it's nice to like take an accounting and an inventory of like where you were, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago, or even six months ago and like where you are now, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's the best part about like, when you think about like Facebook reminders, like your memories, like we have things called photos that can like bring us back (laughs) to like where we started and maybe like what I'm guilty of this too, like to remind ourselves of how far we've come. Maybe we need that like picture in our face to be like, Hey, like when I first moved to Florida, I lived in a trailer park, like Mm -hmm. Not many people know that, but my bed was on cinder blocks and there was a hurricane that came through and my bedroom got wet and it like it remembering that I went from that, not knowing a single, like even not even in my career, like I, it cost me money. My first check here in Florida was $37 and that was for two weeks commission. Was that in a salon? Yes. Oh, wow. And look at you now. Exactly. Like $37. That's like, (laughs) that's lunch. (laughs) I was going to say. Oh, God. That's a whole other topic we could go off on is like, you know, how far, like how we hustled in the beginning and how like much of a difference it is now. I think people don't realize like what it actually takes to get they just see us where we're at now and they think like they can get there in two days and it's just not, it's not like a real thing. Like we actually like hustled and we actually like, you know, I rode the bus, like she's slept on cinder blocks, you know, like everyone comes and has these crazy wild stories. And I feel like that stuff doesn't get acknowledged enough for people to see like the real, the real, real, you know? Well, let me ask y'all this, because this is something, anytime I talk about like the hustle culture situation, my question to somebody who's like anti-hustle culture, right? Like they're like, no, you know, we can't like um, have the newer stylist coming up and like burnout and blah, blah, blah. Well, are we mad at hustle or are we mad at burnout? One. Second, do, can a stylist not go through burnout and still get to a certain place. Like, don't you have to kind of trial and error it? Like, I don't know anybody who hasn't burnt themselves out. Like that's teaching not to burn out now, but they've done it. Like, do you know anyone who has never burnt out and is teaching how not to burn out? No. Hell no. Like, so it's kind of like this, what, what generation are we going to have if, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to burn out. And I think it's great that people are trying to help you know, figure out that flow at the same time. But like, 
what is the newer generation going to look like? Like if they didn't do the same things that we did. Oh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before you say that, like, I I feel like um, I kind of, it's not that I don't want people to burn out. I want them to feel what it's like to burn out, but know what to do to get out of that burnout because we do need to hit rock bottom in order to like push up. So like most people do. And of course we want to help people like not hit that rock bottom. But more importantly, I want someone who's like willing to put in the work to be like, Hey, if you get to a point where you feel like you're here, you feel like you're burnt out. Here's how to get out of that. Here's how to like change that. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I'm wondering if there's going to be this switch of like, you know, people, stylists coming up where they are, you know, getting coaches and helping them, or are they even getting the coach if they haven't experienced the burnout yet? Right. Yes. That's another question. Cause usually you're burned out, you're tired. Then you get the coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Like everyone's so like, you know, mad that people are like talking about hustle culture, like quote unquote promoting it. And it's like, but you kind of have to hustle to get to a certain point if that's where you want to be. Right. Like, well, and the same thing too, like if there's a lot, there's like, and I know there has been already, but like, I don't know, at least in my area, there's a huge trend right now of everyone leaving salons and going independent, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that's from that, like, you know, I feel like I can do better as my own boss. And I feel like I can, you know, make more money as my own boss and I can do this as my own boss, but they don't realize like the stuff that they actually have to do in order to be their own boss, you know? And, and that's what I'm finding is interesting. And that's the, that's a perspective I would love to talk about. (laughs) So I was that stylist. So I went from a commission salon. I was one of the busiest in the salon, but I didn't like the culture. I wanted to do things my way, that whole thing. So I went out into a suite and I, I remember when I first started doing hair and I had a, my mentor at the time and the owner was charging like $95 for a haircut. Right. And like Mm -hmm. in this, the area that we were, and this was like 17 years ago, like that was crazy, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, it wasn't until I went out into a suite that I understood Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't until I went out into a suite that I understood why he did that because he wanted to work less and yeah. make the same, if not more. And I understood why I was paying everyone else commission because they were doing all this stuff. Like my biggest burnout was when I went into a suite. Mm-hmm. That was like the year that I hired my first coach and was like, I can't live like literally within like four months. I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is not going to work if this is how it's going to be. Um, so yeah, you have to feel it and experience it and like realize that you get a choice. Like you can do it all yourself, but you're paying a price, you know, or you can have someone, you know, help you and do the front desk and do the towels and blah, blah, blah. But you're paying a price as well. Like there's always sacrifice in everything, right? Yeah. That's the thing that I like, I keep coming back to with like, every time I run into like a, you know, a different challenge in my business, like I keep coming back to like the same thing is like my whole purpose when I open up my salon was, and I was that same stylist too. I was the one who I was generating the most. I was feeding at all the girls. I was bringing in like four to $5,000 a week, just doing color 
mm-hmm. out of, you know, five days a week at a salon. And um, I just felt like no one got me, no one understood me, there was no support, you know, all, all the stuff. So I decided to open up my own salon. So um, essentially, like, and I learned some hard lessons too. I was like, oh shit, that's why they did that. Or that's why they did that. Or, you know, and I've had some aha moments where I'd ha- I've had to like come clean with myself and go, you know what? Yeah, you're a dick, you know? like, <laughs> <laughs> And like, I get it now. I get it. But like at the time, I don't think there was even an outlet like this where people even spoke about it openly, where I would even know to, to get the, this kind of information. You know what I'm saying? Like no one would talk about commissions. Like, I don't know about your area, but my area is like super um, old school, big, huge hair salons. And like, no one would even talk about what they were getting paid or like what kind of like work atmosphere there was or culture or like any of that stuff. Like nobody even talked about any of that. So for God forbid talking to somebody outside of your salon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> you were banned. Like if you talked, if you got caught talking to somebody else, like woo, all the salon yeah. owners know each other, they would all like tell on you. Like it, it was like a whole thing. So, um, just knowing what I know now, I just, the reason why I'm saying this is because I keep coming back to like, I just want to be, I'd still want to be a salon owner, but I want to be an owner, like the owner that I wish I had, you know what I mean? And like be able to communicate the right way and be able to be open to, you know, suggestions and critique and be able to create the right kind of culture and the right kind of like working environment so that people, and you know, like, obviously I'm not perfect all the time. I've failed at that utterly but you know like it's just it's it's again it's like a trial and and error and like you try things and some things work great and some things don't you know but I just think it's interesting because now that I'm an owner and I see it from the other side like I never appreciated the stuff that I had when I was a stylist absolutely and like you know as an owner like I think about like my past like experiences in commission salons and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it but it needs to be like communicated more that when you are a commission stylist the reason why you can only make a maximum of like let's say 55 percent commission is because the rest of it like as a salon owner you really don't make that much money and no one teaches that and like if you're an owner of a commission salon and you have like stylists below you and they're wondering why they're not getting paid the hundred percent of their ticket it's your job to educate them on hey this is what you're making and this is where your money's going because that's that's the thing when you go into a salon suite i didn't know this i didn't know that i'm only really fucking making 40 percent of what i'm bringing in because the rest of yeah like you really don't make 100 percent ever ever Mm -mm. like and not if you're running a real business yeah i mean if you're doing it in your house but even then you've got to freaking buy product like you know what I mean like and I'm pretty sure that's illegal (laughs) yeah yeah and like the I think our job like it's great that we have these outlets now especially for um hairstylists who are like newer to the entrepreneur space like you could be doing hair for years and years and years and not know shit about business like just because you're a good hairstylist it doesn't mean that you're going to be good at running a business and shame on 
the leaders in this industry for not teaching the hairstylists on how to run a business. Like, even if you are a commission-based stylist, you need to know what your business costs. So that 50% of commission that you're, the owner is taking out, like, why not teach that stylist what that money goes to or why that, that number is presented and why they can only make this amount of money and show them how to make more money while still having the same commission. Because at the end of the day, business costs business, whether you're in a suite or you're a commission or whatever, like you need to understand, like business is business, whether you are a, like in any field. It's, mm-hmm. I think you'll appreciate this, Misty. It's like, for me, I run into a lot of issues because I deal with really young girls, right? And they're never taught like financial anything at home. So when I talk to them about like costs and profit and like how, you know, this works and that works and like, you know, talking to them about like the cost of, you know, our rent and insurance and, you know, all the things, lights and cable and, you know, all that stuff. Um, they, they look at me like I have 14 heads, you know, mm-hmm. they literally have no idea what I'm talking about. I, I, I kind of jokingly laugh that it's, we teach them life skills as well as being assistants, because I feel like 99% of the time I'm teaching them like how to get their first car insurance or how to get their first apartment or how to like talk about their credit or like all this yeah. stuff. Cause it's literally like having to teach and train like young people how to be adults because they have no idea how to do anything. So when it comes to like crucial discussions like money and commissions and those things are hard to talk about you know it's not like an easy thing for a boss or for a stylist to talk about and I'm sure you know they're scared to death half the time to even make make a uh, make a buck out of anything you know but it's just like I feel like it starts there and I feel like that everyone is at a disadvantage if they don't know their own financial shit and they should all call Missy right Shameless plug, right? Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, it reminds me of when I first moved out on my own, right? Like I went from my parents' house to my own place and I'm like, wait a second, like the toilet paper just doesn't like go back up on the roll. Like, wait, wait, I have to buy that? Wait, I have to buy toothpaste? Like, but it's, yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, if, you know, you're going to go out on your own, um, especially in a suite, like you're buying towels, you're buying bowls, you're buying brushes, you're buying like, and it, and it's the stuff like people just think, oh no, I'm going to go and do hair and I'm going to get all the money in my pocket and I'm just going to make it pretty. Like all they're thinking about spending money on is like the furniture. And it's like, no, like, do you know how much like buying all your color, like those intro kits are like, I hope you got a couple grand ready to go. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's, that's not even getting into the, the pretty stuff. And it is so true. Um, we get into this business cause we're creatives, right? Like we don't want to have to think about that stuff. Like that's kind of the point. And you realize quickly that you have to, if you want to go out on your own, but let me ask y'all this, there's this like progression of being a hairstylist, right? Like you start out in hair school, then you go to a commission, you know, then maybe you go to a booth rent, then maybe you go to a suite, then maybe you open your own salon. Like, but I don't think that's for everyone. Like, oh, and it's okay. Like, I think there's so much pressure for the commission stylist to want to want to go out on her own. But I think like, if you don't want that and you just want to like go to work and get a paycheck, like 
that's okay. I, that kind of goes back to the, you know, feminine and mask, like your, you know, what you need for yourself. Like, so anyone listening, like, you know, that's don't feel pressure to like have to go the next step that you're seeing because it's fucking hard. Absolutely. And when it comes into that, like masculine feminine, if you're in the wrong position, you won't flourish. Like you'll Mm -hmm. always be in this wrong energy. So like salon ownership isn't for everyone. And I think that like, even in like companies, like I worked at the salon where it was like, okay, you went from like level one to level three to level like six. And you like, you went, sorry. Um, you followed this path. But what if I was the type of stylist that like, I didn't want to go to like, to this level. Like what happens? Sorry. Real shit. It's all good. No, I totally get it. Like, what if you don't want to go to that level? And that's like, okay. That's right. That's totally okay. You know, like if you want to stay where you're at, like if you just want to go to work, and come home and leave it the fuck at work, like, that's okay. Right. Like, you want to go to work, do your clients, not have to answer any DMs, not have to, like, call anyone back, not have to order any color, not have to, like, figure out when your assistant doesn't show up, if if you're going to have help that day and how you're going to manage 12 clients, like, that's okay, because your owner will do that, and that's why you pay them, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all self-awareness, right? Like literally everything we've talked about is yeah. like self-awareness. But do y'all think that that happens with age? Mm, no, because I think that they like, okay, a good analogy that I thought of when, when it comes to this is that like when it comes to sports, let's, let's talk about football. Um, stylists, do not tune out when I'm talking about this because this is like super <laughs> like, I've already tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to football, not everyone has to touch the ball, but like the people who don't touch the ball doesn't mean that they're not important. doesn't mean that they can't be the best at their job. So like, meaning not everyone has to be a salon owner. Not everyone has to like, ha- like go into that position, but it doesn't mean that you can't be successful not being a salon owner. You can totally be successful and never touch the ball. It's just of where you want to thrive in. Not everyone's going to be the quarterback. Like we need like other people. We need like, we need salon, like we need people who like specialize in other things that can like, I mean, okay, we can even take it into like specialties. Like if I'm a color specialist, I still need people in my salon who are cutting specialists. It doesn't mean that because their ticket isn't like as high as mine is that they aren't successful in their career. Like they're totally successful, but, and I need that person in order to make that client feel good because if I'm not good at cutting that and that client needs it, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, by the way, as a salon owner, I just have to say that when you look at tickets as far as like colors versus hairstylists, I've done the math and basically you guys are bringing in roughly the same thing because by the time you take out product costs and everything else, like I actually would love to have a salon full of hairdressers that just cut hair because I'd make way more money. Hell yeah. (laughs) So from that perspective, I just had to say that. Yeah, it, it makes me um, understand blow-dry bars. So I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I get the business model now. <laughs> yes, it's like a whole other ball field. Like when, And that's why I love extensions. Like there's really nothing, like there's no product costs involved in that because your client's paying for the extension separately. 
you know, literally it's bead string and a, a, a needle like that. It's nothing. So, um, yeah, I love, I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it all comes down to awareness though, right? Like it all comes down to like what you need for yourself and you're allowed to change your mind too. Like, you know, like if you decide to go in a suite and you go, I don't like this, like you're allowed to go back. Like it's not, you know, you're not stuck in your decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust me, we can talk. <laughs> like <you're- laughs> and that's why it's like important to just be open and honest. Like my suggestion to anyone out there who's like maybe experiencing this or like going through something like this right now is just be open and honest, like with your owner. Like, I think that's all that anyone ever like wants or hopes for is just open and honest communication. Like I have some of my best girls that I love dealing with are the ones that would be like, Hey, you know, like, and they'll talk to me about the really tough shit. And, and I really respect that. And I try hard to like really work with them. Um, so yeah, just be open and honest and just be like, take some accountability and be self-aware, you know, for where, like where you're at. That's the hardest part though, for people, isn't it? Like the hardest part to like look inward and be like, okay, maybe like I overreacted or shouldn't have said it that way or whatever that I feel like that's the hard part. And that's what I wonder if it kind of comes with age experience, things like that. Well, a lot of times that when it comes to like what we want, like let's like simplify this. Like when we think of goal setting, we always think that like, you can be like, okay, well I want like this. And then automatically our brain is like, how, how am I going to get that? How am I going to get that? It's like, don't worry about the how, worry about what you want. And then you can figure out the how, like, and like when it comes to like working in a salon, it's like, if you truly want to be a hair cutter, but you have all these color clients or like you really don't want to be a salon owner, but you don't really know where things are going from there, figure out what you do want Mm -hmm. because then you can base all of your decisions around that. But if you're just like going through life and going through like the motions and you're just taking this client, taking that client and like earning this commission that you don't fucking know what it really is. Um, Mm -hmm. or like looking into, to salon suites and thinking that you can like start a business and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Well, first off, do you even want to own a salon? Mm -hmm. Do you want to have your own, do you really want to have your own business? Mm -hmm. Right. Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm going to go back to my salon and I'm going to break down all my numbers for these girls. And I'm just going to explain everything. I'm so excited because they have no idea. And I, I think this is so great. Like I never really thought about it from that perspective, Shelby. So thank you. Well, and I think there's a fine line though, too, because I came from a salon where like, if like, if something happened where like the washer and dryer broke, like they would be very open about the cost, but not in a good way because it would seem like they weren't financially stable. So I think that there's a fine line between like having your stylist understand like where their expenses are going and then like complaining about money to the employees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause I had a situation where, gosh, what did she say to me? she, I went to a class, I paid for it myself. Things were getting weird in the salon. They had an idea that I, I, I didn't, I don't know if they had an idea that I was leaving, but they basically tried to, I will give you that money back. Like if 
I can promote you. But then they promoted another girl that was like the reason I wanted to leave. It was this whole thing. And the way that they gave me the money, it basically was written in this letter and it said like in it somehow because we're giving you this, we can't do this or something like that. Like something very, like very unprofessional, very weird. And I remember handing it to a friend and say, what do you make of this? And he looked at it and he goes, that they're not doing very well and they might close their door soon. <laughs> like, you know, and it was like, it was that balance of like, you know, trying to get us to understand where the money was going, but also like to a point where it's like making us feel like their business was unstable. So I think that that depends too. Not talking specifically about you, Jess, but just in general, like whoever's listening, <laughs> um, you know, there is a balance of talking about money with your stylist. Yes, absolutely. Like you don't need to just, just like as hairstylists here, like I don't need to justify how much I make a year. Like not at all. Right. Um, I can say that I'm like a six figure stylist, but you don't have to actually like check my bank account and all that kind of stuff. Well, and um, six figures can be a hundred thousand to fucking nine hundred ninety nine thousand. Like that could be exactly. like you know. <laughs> exactly. And as like salon owners, like I'm not saying that you have to like break down like, hey, this is how much we're paying in rent. This is how much we're paying for this. It's like no, you're like the the commission is like just educating the stylist on like what it really costs to own a salon and why they need why that 50% where it goes to because I've had a business like an owner of a salon that I worked for where she would legit take money out of the drawer and like pay for things and she didn't know how much money she made she didn't know how much money I made every time that she gave me my check she said hey can you wait a couple of days so I can like deposit the money into the account because my husband doesn't really know and oh, then she was going to like Paris and she was going to all these other things she was like sneaking money underneath the like you know oh don't tell my husband I did this I'm like don't tell your husband you bought foil because we haven't had foil in like a day and um, it's a problem. So like, you know, there is a difference. You like people can know if you have like, you know, money problems, <laughs> and right. if you, do, you just got to go see Misty. <laughs> Look. Yeah, exactly. I, I like all these plugs. This is great. <laughs> but the other side of it too, I think is as far as like money goes and like, I know for me, when I was a stylist, like, I remember when I went to go work at this one salon, I was, like, watching the owners get, like, new BMWs and new Mercedes and, like, living these, like, le going on these lavish trips and stuff. And, like, that really, and then they would, like, tell us to work, like, dogs, you know, like, I was booked every hour. I was triple, quadruple booked. I was, you know, no bathroom breaks, no lunch breaks, all that jazz for 10 hours, 12 hours straight. And I would get so resentful, you know, it would be like, it would, it would be like coursing through my veins, you know, I, would, and, and I remember feeling like that. And now like as an owner on the flip side of it, like I see now how, like I re I'm acting like I do drive a BMW and I, I have bought a house since I opened my salon. So I'm like constantly like, Oh God, you know, but I also work full time and I bring in the most money out of everyone in the salon by like triple. So that's the thing, like they don't understand. And I don't think I understood going back is that like, 
the owners that I worked for also were working five days a week and therefore they were bringing in enough money and keeping it all. And I was basically just like paying the bills, you know? But also as a salon owner, it's our jobs to create a, like um, a timeline for them, like a, a growth, like for them in our salon. And we can feel resentful towards people when we know that they're like just, you know, benefiting from our our hustle, our grind, our double, triple, fucking quadruple books. <laughs> like, but like as a salon owner, if you're not providing value and you're not helping that stylist grow, then they're not going to see that value in you benefiting from, from their like fucking struggles. But if they see like, Hey, you know, Shelby is, you know, she's working hard. She's helping me grow good for her to have these things because without her, I wouldn't have these things either. I wouldn't be growing with her. Yes. And I think that that's what's so important as like salon owners and like people in leadership roles is that like, hey, if you're not growing other people, then like leaders grow leaders. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us to make sure that the people that we're that who are working with us in like I'm a I'm not a commission based salon. I'm a, you know, a booth rent salon. But I do ask my stylist like, hey, what can I help you with? Like, what do you need from me? How can I make this better for you? Because I can control that. I can control that environment. And now when I'm taking days off from the salon and I'm like having my random vacation days, they can be like, you know what, Shelby, Shelby's helping me. She's helping me grow. She's making me better. Then they're less resentful of me for taking that time off and more looking up to me because I'm setting the example of someone who is growing other people and still like having that feminine, that flow of enjoying my life. Well, and doesn't it come down to building the culture, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have the right stylist in the salon and you're being the leader, you're, you know, you're doing, you're doing the things that they can look up to. Um, I think, cause sometimes you're just going to get people that just aren't your people, right? And they're the ones that are kind of bitch and complain about stuff and not understand things because their their perspective or their, um, you know, they're looking, you know, it's how they are perceiving you, which isn't always the right story or the true story, Yeah, you know? So it kind of comes down to the perfect storm, if you will, of like, you know, the good culture, the good stylist with the good leader behind it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything, just like, I mean, you should cut that client out. Just, I mean, cut that stylist out, just like you would cut out a client who's not really serving us. It's not that they're a bad person. It's just that in like, in what we're trying to do, they're no longer serving us. Mm -hmm. So as like my salon team grows, like I know who's going to like, who's like who I need to be in my salon to keep this culture to keep this like environment because one bad apple can ruin the rest. Like it can ruin the whole pie. Um, So it's a matter of like being like being true that like, Hey, this person may not be a bad person, but they may not fit in my clientele or in my salon. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's such a hard like balance to create. And it's so hard, like, especially while you're in it, like, with emotions, you know, flaring. <laughs> it's so hard. Sometimes. That's the feminine in you too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like, I just want to love everyone, you know, like, <laughs> I just want to like, I'm, I'm such a sucker for a sob story. Oh my God. And like, I just want to help everyone. I just want to like take care of them and love them back to help health. But like, 
you can't, you know, like it's, it's to your detriment. It's so hard and it's so hard to determine that. And it only, it only comes with like time and experience. I feel like, you know, also like, I want to point out there, like when, when I'm talking about this, I'm not saying that like having, you know, I've tried like the team, um, you know, team meetings where I'm like, Hey, you guys need to do this. You need to do this. It's like, so for instance, if you have like a stylist in your salon and they're like messy and that's not really going in with your culture because you're like, there's always one, there's always the messy one. And it's not a matter of like being like, Hey, we need a team meeting to talk about like cleanliness. It's like, understand where that stylist is at. Like for me as a, as a business owner, what has changed in my, like in my leadership role is that instead of like getting upset about this stylist and being like, wow, they're just like making a mess. Like they don't see me cleaning. They don't see me doing all these things. Instead, I take the emotion out of it. And I'm like, okay, what's really going on here? Is the stylist double booked? Is, are they super busy? Do, do they not even realize that this is upsetting me? So now I'm taking that and I'm like creating a conversation with that stylist independently. Like, Hey, I know that you were double booked. I know that you were really busy on Saturday, but um, one of the things that I want you to work on is this, this, and this. And if you can do that, you give them a chance, you, you verbalize it with them. If they are a good person to the core, then they will try to work on it because they sincerely probably don't want to piss you off. They, mm-hmm. if, especially if they like where they work, they probably want to continue working there and they don't want to be the one that causes problems or they don't want to be the one that's not liked. Yeah, right. What well, comes down to communication? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I literally have this exact situation going on right now in my salon. Um, and it's, it's hard. Cause like you, in the moment, of course you want to get upset you want to get angry, but you can't, it's, it's like Shelby was saying, you know, like you have to take yourself out of it and just try to be emotionless. And like, honestly, every time that I've done that, rather than like, confronting the situation head on like it always comes out better it always comes out the right way and it further to that point like if they're not trying to redirect their energy and and do different things and create new habits like those people are not for you you know and that's where like your own like self-awareness and your own knowledge has to come into play where you can recognize that and just say you know what I'm trying to make a square pig like fit into a round hole and it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like you got to figure out like what, like what you need and what they need. And if it's going to like work, because you may have like a great person in your team who started with you, who's like, great. It's like a relationship. Okay. Like mm-hmm. let's talk about dating. Like mm-hmm. when you first date someone, like they, everything can seem good. And then you figure out like little things that you may not like. And it's like, it's a conversation. It's like, Hey, you know, I didn't really love this or, Hey, I'm used to things being like this. Like, can this be worked or is this going to be the breaking point? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. you know, the main difference is in a relationship, you can be blinded by sex and <laughs> you're not really supposed to have sex with your employees. So <laughs> well, it comes down to not taking things personal too. Right. And even like, 
you know, as a business owner, as a stylist, like even with your clients, like when you take things personal, you're so much quicker to be reactionary, you know, rather than like proactive. Mm -hmm. So if like somebody's being messy and you're like, they're doing this on, like in your mind, like they're doing it to piss you off when they're probably not, like they probably didn't even messy stylists because there's one in every salon. They don't even realize they're messy. Like they don't even notice, like they just don't have that in their brain you know, and with anything, you know, it, and it's when you realize that it's probably not personal and if it, it's usually not, you know, it, it, it changes things a little bit. Well, I'll give you an example too. Like I have, there's this one group of assistants that I used to have. And, you know, at the end of the night, it's like everyone's duty to kind of like chip in and clean and they would all kind of like do the maximum minimum. Right. And I would get so irritated because <laughs> I just built this big, beautiful, not big, but beautiful salon and it was all white. So of course, like everything, you know, would show up. So, um, I would get so frustrated. And then like, all of a sudden it just occurred to me. I, I was like, you know what? It's not they're just, I've said a million things to them. I understand that like I want it a certain way and they're just not up to that level. Like I ended up hiring a cleaner because I just didn't want to fight anymore. It wasn't worth the argument, you know? And honestly, that kind of relieved so much of the pressure that they kind of slipped into more of a role because they saw that I was trying to meet them where they were at rather than like you, 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 you know what I mean? So, and that's the other thing is like we don't always know like what's going on with people at home like I whenever I have an issue with somebody like the first thing that I always sit down and ask them is is everything okay because like nine times out of ten something's going on you know people don't just do this stuff for no reason like the girl that I'm dealing with right now she has some stuff going on it's pretty major and like, I get it. Like, and everyone, you know, we give her a wide berth. <laughs> I had assi- assigned an, uh, an assistant to her to like clean up after her. <laughs> and that's it. You know, you just keep it moving. <laughs> well, I think when we take things personal, sometimes we forget that like people aren't thinking about us as much as we yeah. think they are. Yeah. Like we think that everyone, like we are just like narcissistic creatures. We just mm-hmm. are. We think that everyone is worried about us and thinking about us and blah, blah, blah. And they're not, they're mm-hmm. just not. So it's like when you kind of think of that in any situation and you realize everyone has their own shit going on and they're thinking about their own shit, just as much as you're thinking about your own shit, it yeah. kind of changes the perspective, you know, you know, it, it comes down. I can't help, but like relate like ownership and like working with other people, like a relationship, because it's like, we all know our flaws. And if we're constantly like, okay, in a relationship, this is like a little easier for everyone to understand that. Like, if you're not a good wife, then you can't bitch about your husband not being a good husband. Like, sometimes it's a matter of like, I I ask myself all the time, like, am I being a good girlfriend? Like, am I really a good girlfriend towards Josh? Or am I not? So in the salon, like, are you guys being a good owner? Like, are you providing your stylist with what they need? Are, are you showing up as your role? And like, like just said, if you feel like hiring a cleaner is something that's going to like help ease, then hire that cleaner. Because just like in a relationship, I know I'm not the cleanest. I like, I know that when I come home, I'm so in my feminine that I am like, ah, 
you know, fuck it. The socks are going to be left on the couch. And then I'm just <laughs> going to like, you know, not do the dishes. And so at, in a relationship, I had to communicate with Josh that like, hey, I'm not good at these things. So, you know, I here here's a solution. I'm willing to pay for a cleaner to come in to our house to clean our house because I just won't do that. I'm not going to be the one to scrub the fucking shower. I am not going to be that person. So I would rather save our relationship and let you know right here and now that I'm not going to do that. And I'm willing to like, here's solutions. And luckily for me, Josh is like, I'll scrub the shower for you, babe. It's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Get a cleaning lady. I I literally just went through this at home too. And like Ashley was, she's like a clean freak. And I was like, listen, dude, I have too many hats that I wear. Like I come home and I just want to zonk the fuck out. I don't want to clean. I do not want to be in my hands and knees scrubbing anything. So if you have stuff to do, like I will do it in the morning or we can have somebody come once a week and that way the major stuff's done and it's just easier for us to take care of. So girl, I'm right there with you. I just had the same conversation. Uh, we've just say, I mean, I know that we're getting a little off subject, but I've been a cleaning lady for like 10 years and it is, I, I don't care if I can hardly feed myself, I will still have fucking Martha come and clean my house because <laughs> like, I do not like to clean, but it, but talking about the communication thing, it's, you know, it's about don't like kind of don't, I don't want to talk about your problems. I want to talk about your solutions, right? Like, and it kind of goes the same thing with your relationships, employees, anything like we can sit around and bitch all day long, but it's not doing anything. So it's like, let's talk about it. How can we make it work for everybody and then do that thing? Yeah. I honestly, I was just listening to this on a podcast and it was like the millionaire decisions and they were saying how, um, you know, delegating out like the the stuff that doesn't really serve you that doesn't bring you any kind of joy like laundry you know take your laundry to a laundromat instead of sitting at home all weekend and like doing your laundry or having a cleaning lady or you know like any of the other like mindful mindlessness stuff that you can delegate out as a you know entrepreneur as a business owner like that stuff's major for like clearing up the mental space you know yeah and it goes back to sacrificing. Like, what do you want to sacrifice? Do you want to sacrifice your time or do you want to sacrifice your money? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and every situation is going to be different. You know, for me, I'd rather sacrifice my money and have someone clean it. Cause I don't want to spend all day cleaning, yeah. you know, and in other situations, like I don't mind going to the grocery store. I'll sacrifice my time to not have it delivered, you know? So it just kind of, it depends, um, you know, what you want to sacrifice to open up you know, the things that you want for your life or what you need to open up for your employees, your clients, your husband, your kids. Or what are you investing in? Instead of like sacrificing, if we can turn like the word sacrifice into investment, like what are you, you're investing in more quality time or like happiness. Like I'm investing in more happiness in my salon and in myself as a role by hiring this cleaning person. Mm-hmm. right or even just like expansion like being able to like sit down and focus without having distractions on stuff that you want to concentrate in the future on you know like that stuff's super important like just creating that like negative space to be able to sit down and have a clear thought run through your head and not be distracted by like 15 other things yeah I like that it's so true because yeah. you get to choose what you spend your day doing 
whether you're an owner, a wife, a parent, you know, whatever. I'm well, when you're a parent, you don't always get to choose, but like, <laughs> I, well, I guess you don't always get to choose with a lot of them, but, but you get to decide what you want to delegate, delete, you know, for mm-hmm. the most part. And, you know, you just have to know what that means when you make those decisions, essentially. Well, you do have, you have a choice in whatever, like how you react to things. You like, right. you have the power to make the choice mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of like, what, what road do you want to do? And this kind of like goes, like ties back into the, the feminine flow and the, you know, the um, masculine flow. It's like you, all in all, you can still achieve your accomplishments like you can I mean you can still achieve your goals you can still get shit done but it's like how are you going to do it what is the path and how is it going to look and this is like a huge like this is like every single day I have to like remind myself this like for instance I'm cleaning out my house and I'm like Josh and I decided that instead of like always looking at the next step like we we actually are these like as human beings, we're like, well, when we move, we'll do this. When, when we're at that next level, that's when we'll enjoy this. But we sit back and we're like, shit, the last time that we actually like went out and enjoyed ourselves was last year during a celebration. And it's like, why can't we enjoy the process now? So you don't always have to be like, you know, so straightforward. It's like, just enjoy the fucking process. Enjoy what you're doing because you can still get to the goal and be happy. And that's sexier. That is way sexier to be in your flow and get what you want. We think about entrepreneurs and we think about like what looks good on, on Instagram. Let's take Instagram, for instance. When you look at someone that you admire, it doesn't look like they're like hustle, hustle, hustle. It looks like they're in their flow. It looks like they're enjoying their life, like they're happy and they're healthy and they're like on vacation all the time, but somehow they still make money. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So like, I'm aiming to be that person. I want people to be like, damn, does Shelby even work? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I think you have to, uh, you know, even with the money coaching thing, like I encourage celebrating the small wins. Yeah. You're constantly waiting to celebrate when you hit this big thing that maybe takes years. Mm-hmm. You know, you that's where you get burnout. That's where you like start decide, you know, oh, I don't know if this is even worth it. Like sometimes you just have to celebrate the tiny shit. Dude, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like dieting. It's right. like if you're constantly like, I can't have cake, I can't have cake, I can't have cake, then your brain's just gonna be like cake, cake, yeah, <laughs> cake. Until you fucking have that cake. Like, so why not celebrate? with like things that like you enjoy. So if you're like, okay, like I, I worked out really hard this week. I did all this kind of stuff. So now I can enjoy this dessert, right? I can, I can celebrate this little win because look at how great I am on this journey. Look at how more confident I am. When I look in the mirror, look at like how great this feels when I put on this outfit, like celebrating those things. Like we can all agree that, you know, there have been times or there have been people that we know who are like, yeah, but when I lose 20 pounds, that's when I'll be happy. And it's like, but you already like, what if you lost 10 of those pounds? That means that you're not going to celebrate those 10 pounds that you lost because you're waiting for that extra 10. No fucking celebrate that you had the determination, the grind, the grit to lose those 10 pounds and don't fucking celebrate by like, you know, losing it all. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> or gaining it all back. <laughs> back. But I mean, like, enjoy your your accomplishment like it it all ties in together business health like happiness all of that 
Yeah. Another good tip and trick like I've found that really has been working for me um, is making like time and space. Like you were saying, Shelby, earlier, blocking off your vacation days for no reason. Like I've been doing a lot of like negative space time, you know, just time to like chill, get my head together, read a book. Like, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I'm so go, 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 go all the time that it takes me, like, I have to physically set aside time and my schedule to, like, go on a date or, like, to sit down and meditate for a couple hours. Like, in my schedule every day, I have, like, workout, meditate, like, all the things that I need to do in order to keep me balanced on a regular basis, I put in my schedule. And that way, like, there's not, like, a question of if I'm getting it because it's just built into my time. And so, like, that's been a good little, like, life hack, I guess, for me. And maybe it's not anything new, but um, I love doing that. And and lately, I've been putting in a lot more of, like, um, you know, going out and having fun. Because I know with this pandemic and stuff, like, we've all forgotten how to go out. We've all forgotten how to have fun. We've all forgotten how to, like, live our lives like human beings. And everyone's been so introspective, right? Like we've all been like sitting at home thinking a lot about our lives and where we're going and what we're doing. And like, the thing is, is like, we have to remember, like Shelby said, you know, to have fun along the way. Like it is about the journey. It is about like what it is that we're doing right now. You know, the only thing that we have is right now. We don't have tomorrow. We don't have yesterday. We just have right now. And that's like the only thing we can control. So I, I totally agree with this and I, I love this topic. You know, there's every time I listen to podcasts of like these like multimillionaires or these people who have done like amazing things, like they always ask like, what would you have done different? And every single one of them says, spend more time with their family or mm-hmm. spend more downtime or take more vacations. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Nobody says, I wish I would have worked more. No. And I, I remind myself of that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, I just went to this like entrepreneur event and every single one was like, fucking enjoy the process because you can have the million do- millions of dollars. You can have all of that. But what happens when you lost your relationship along the way, or you have like, you know, you've been, you don't know what to do besides work. And now you just lost it all. And uh, like, so uh, with what Jess said, um, I like to think of like me taking the time to work out, to read a book, um, to drink my water, to like take care of my body as an ingredient to my day. So mm-hmm. we can all agree that when when we're making like um, a cake, just because I'm on the subject of cake, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm I need a cupcake now just for this conversation. <laughs> I need a recipe. (laughs) So when we're making a cake, we can all agree that we need flour, we need sugar, we need all these ingredients in order to make that cake. So why isn't our life and our happiness the cake and the things that like taking care of our bodies and like working on our relationships with either like our family or spouse or our kids or whatever. um, Or friends. Or friends. (laughs) And like taking the time to better ourselves, to step away from the hustle. Why isn't that an ingredient to our fucking life? Mm, Like, so we can schedule out the time because we need to schedule out the time because that's what we forget. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. don't forget the fucking sugar. Like, that's the (laughs) most important part of the cake. (laughs) Damn cake. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's going to taste like shit if you don't have sugar. It's Yeah, I get caught up so much in like what I'm doing and like go, 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 go. Like I always forget. So like, that's just, that's just why that works for me so much. Cause it just literally pops up on my phone. I'm like, oh, and it may seem dumb, but it just works. <laughs> I also have built in like you're amazing and you know be thankful for today and like look how far you've come like reminders built into my phone too because I feel like that really helps as well oh yeah because you are amazing (laughs) (laughs) I love that so um I'm gonna wrap this up because we've been going for a little while and I can't wait till the next episode so we are going to be doing these episodes um once a month and, I mean, we haven't really talked about this, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being with your game. Yeah, this is fun. I like this. Yeah, this I love so this. Fun. I could do this every week. All right. Well, we're um, we're going to start out with like once a month, at least maybe like every three weeks that we'll have it on rotation. Um, so you can find all of us on Instagram. And please, like if you're watching this episode, please share it on social medias. Uh, we are all podcast hosts as well. So we all do have our separate podcasts. And I will put that in the notes um, underneath. And let us know what you want us to talk about because obviously you just saw that we fucking like talking. <laughs> Give us some things to rant about. Yes. Pass us up, please, please. Um, so I want to thank you ladies and thank you for everyone who is listening. Like you guys are amazing. Um, and if you ladies have any final words, say them now. I just thank you. This was fun. I could do this all day. Awesome. And as always, you are what you think you are. Aspire to inspire and we'll catch you next time. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks and I will talk with you on the next one.